Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet Sitting in a diner or out in the street Catch up with the news, get your point of view I want to hear what unravels, I'll see you in my travel I'll be hanging well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. So great to be with you here this afternoon. Uh, a quick programming note, because typically uh, the Travels with Charlie is on every two weeks, uh, every other week, but we're uh, making a change for next month. I will be back with you again next Monday. That's Monday, March 6th. And uh, one of my guests is going to be former Burlington Free Press uh, journalist, uh, reporter, Mike Donahue. Uh, Mike, of course, as you uh, know, recently was uh, very, very uh, instrumental in the uh, solving of the 51-year-old mystery of the murder of the of Rita Coran in Burlington, Vermont. Well, instrumental in reporting on that. Certainly did a, a great job in reporting on that. And we'll be talking with him next Monday. Shout out to all the sponsors of Travels with Charlie because this show would not happen without... The support of my fantastic sponsors, of course, uh, Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com, Zero Sort Recycling, helping to keep it out of the landfill, Jolly Convenience Stores. When you're on the road, like I am, if you're out traveling, here's the place to go for hot coffee, delicious sandwiches, fuel for your car, and, of course, home of the Daily Smile, over 40 Jolly Convenience Stores in the area to stop in. And when you're traveling... Milne Travel, let them do it for you. MilneTravel.com, been doing it since 1975. Their travel specialists search the lowest airfares via databases exclusive to the travel industry. MilneTravel.com. And, of course, welcome to Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. If you have never tried a wood-fired uh, honey, uh, honey-baked uh, bagel. They they boil it in in honey water. They are absolutely delicious. Now they're at three thirty three seventy seven Pine Street in Burlington. They're open from six a.m. to two p.m. daily. The best bagels in the area. Believe me, they are unbelievable. They've got delicious sandwiches and smoked meats, of course, and uh, mail order. They they mail them all across the country. They're that popular. And they are going to be opening up a new location on Shelburne Road. That's coming up shortly. We'll keep you posted on that because when they do that, about a month after they open up, they tell me they're going to be doing wood-fired pizza in the evening. And, you know, I'm a big fan of that. So Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. Check it out. Today's lineup on Travels with Charlie, we've got Rich Lewis and Kevin Flett of the Vermont Blue Advantage Senior Games. They're going to be joining me coming up in the second half of the program. Jeff Weld with the latest Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. And my first guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, the author of many books, creator of humorous social media posts, now doing videos with his grandson. He's going to be getting in trouble, I can tell you that. Former school teacher in Winooski, columnist. And now with his latest book, first one based on a true story, won't you please welcome to Travels with Charlie, Jim DeFilippi. Good afternoon, Jim. Hi, Charlie. See, you're making me nostalgic with these names like uh, Myers Bakery and, and Mike Donahue. I miss the old, old thought. Well, uh, we miss you as well, Jim. And, you know, I don't know if I missed anything there. I mean, you certainly, you have, uh, you know, either you couldn't, you know, stay with one particular job or you've just, you've done so many things in your life. Uh, and, and so many people know you for your writing as well as your teaching at Winooski High School. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, I could hold the job. I put in almost 30 years at, uh, as a Spartan. So, uh, I could do that. The other were all peripheral stuff and didn't pay the bills. But I'm always enjoying myself, Charlie. Thanks for a shout-out to my grandson. 
Well, uh, I noticed one of your TikTok videos that you did, and we'll we'll touch on that uh, coming up in just a moment. I'm wondering if there's any uh, if you've got any kickback on it so far, any you know any feed uh, feedback as well. But by the way, if you want to talk with my guest today, Jim D. Filippi, I know a lot of people. You grew up, you went to school. Uh, he was your teacher in Manuski, uh, and you want to talk with him today? I'd love to hear from you. Two four four seventeen seventy seven or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Let's get right into your current latest book. It's called 40 Steps to Old Sparky, The Doom-Fated Life of Trigger Burke. Would you please tell our listeners how you became interested in Trigger Burke? Yeah, all these years and all these books, Charlie, I'd never done a true crime book or a straight nonfiction biography. So I'm walking in the woods down here. I live in Salem, Massachusetts now with a a fellow named Chris Burke. Yeah. Wonderful guy. He's a lawyer. And he has his dog along with him, and his dog is named Trigger. <laughs> so I say, oh, Charlie, you, I mean, uh, oh, Chris, you named your dog after uh, Roy Rogers' horse, right? <laughs> and he says, no, no, it, it, this is Trigger Burke. And he was named after a famous hitman back in the 40s and 50s, Trigger Burke. <laughs> so I started looking into it, and the guy had a fascinating life, Charlie. He was involved with a lot of street hits with the... Uh, Brinks robbery. I don't know if you remember. I the do. Brinks robbery. Yeah. He was eventually. I'm not giving away anything. He was eventually executed. I say this. This guy's life's never been told. There's been a few pamphlets about him, uh, a few uh, random Wikipedia selections, never a book. So I I, I buckled down, uh, did the research, and wrote the book. So obviously his life hit you enough. To say, I, I got to do this book because, as, as many people know from your past books, that you've written, uh, you know, crime novels, but never one based on a true story. And you've also, uh, you know, anyone that knows you, and I've, I've interviewed you multiple times, Jim, and certainly, uh, uh, you know, miss having you in studio with me. But uh, you also have a, I don't know how you describe your, you have a, a, a great sense of humor, and and you write a lot of humorous pieces, and then here you are writing about a guy that's going around whacking people by, you know, shooting them behind the ear. Yeah, you're right. I, I must have a schizophrenic personality or something, because half <laughs> my books just are completely buffoonish. You, you know some of those. And then some are true crime. And this one has a little bit of humor in it here and there, because... That's just what I do. I'm, I'm, even when I'm writing my crime novels, Charlie, I used to describe it like uh, driving in an old uh, uh, Vermont road. You know those roads that have been paved so many times that they're high in the middle yeah. and low on the sides, and your, your, your car keeps getting pulled towards the ditch? Yes. Well, the ditch is my humorous side. <laughs> so when I'm trying to write serious, I'm always kind of fighting the wheel, <laughs> trying to not put a joke in here or there. But this one is pretty straight. Uh, 40 steps to old sparkies, I'd say 90% uh, straight, serious crime. Yeah. So how do you separate the two, uh, you know, your humorous side as well as, uh, you know, having a serious side? Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of comes naturally. I think the humor, as they say, is always impinging. That's what I go to. That's my uh, fail-safe, you know. And so I always kind of have to force myself. But this guy's life, Charlie, was just so sad. Uh He's just a complete loner. He, yeah. his, he, was, he was brought up in Hell's Kitchen in New York. His parents died when he was a little kid. His brother Charlie raised him, and Charlie was a gangster. No good. Uh, he went to reform school. He served in World War II, came back and became a hitman. Wasn't much to laugh about. No? Yeah. So I had to keep it pretty straight. But you did uh, – I'll, I'll mention – I want to mention the uh... – the the TikTok video that you, you know your grandson's going to get you in trouble. You got to be careful. <laughs> you know, so you do this TikTok video with your grandson, and you're playing the part of the reporter. And you're doing a great job. You got the old fedora on with the you know the press uh, piece in the in the uh, in the in the band, and and uh, and you're interviewing Trigger Burke before you know as he's taking that forty steps to old Sparky. <laughs> And then you yeah. show the, you know, you show him getting lit up. I mean, and I'm watching this going, whoa, somebody's going to be complaining about that. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I got the next day I get this email from TikTok that I'm a big success. And yeah. People are watching it all the time. 
it was just great. Yeah, no, I'll blame I'll blame any trouble I get into on my grandson. He's amazing. <laughs> He's a filmmaker. Yeah. And I, I originally, you know, I wrote the script that uh, right in the middle of the interview, the, the electric chair snaps on. So I said, Jamie, is there any way we could get your hair to, to smoke or we could make it look like? And he just pushes a couple buttons, yeah. Charlie. There's some kind of. It's all, all computer all graphics. Eyes are glowing. Yeah. yeah. Stick with stick with your son. You'll he'll uh, or your grandson. He'll uh, he'll be able to take you. Uh, well, all oh, kinds of tricks they can do certainly with that, and and to help promote the book as well. By the way, if you want to find out more information about the book Brown Fedora Books, that's your you you self publish, right, uh, Jim? Yeah, I'm independently published. I run a little publishing house called Brown Fedora Books. Me and five or six other writers. But instead of going to the website, if they want the book, I don't know if, if, if there's a big Amazon fans out there, but if you can go to Amazon.com slash author slash Jim Filippi, that's the easiest place to find the book. All right. Simple enough. Jim Filippi, my guest this afternoon with his latest book, 40 Steps to Old Sparky. We're going to talk about some of his other books as well and love to uh, have you join us here. If you, if you recall Jim, uh, as he was a school teacher in Winooski and, and some of the other books that he's written and want to talk with him about, uh, Trigger Burke. Uh, and, and you know, one of the things that I do want to ask you, Jim, is what in really, what really intrigued you so much about Trigger? I know that, you know, myself, I, I sort of, you know, I, I like that whole genre, you know, the, the, you know, the gangster movies and the like, you know, Goodfellas, you know, one of my favorite movies. But we often romanticize gangsters in the movies. Uh, as you mentioned, Trigger, he really wasn't a, a, a flashy or a, he's just kind of a sad character, wasn't he? He really was. There wasn't much, uh, your chipper about him at all. But you know, it's funny, Charlie, you mentioned, Goodfellas, which of course was made 30 or 40 years after uh, Trigger was gone, and yet parts of his life were very realistic. Do you remember the scene in Goodfellas? It was right after they pulled the Lufthansa heist yep. and made a million bucks. Yep. They're in a bar, yeah. and all of the, the, the culprits are coming in with mink coats yes. and diamonds and Cadillacs. And De Niro's going crazy. He's yeah. like, you got to keep this quiet. You can't do that. Well, the exact same thing, and I don't know if they, they trade off it, happened in the Brinks robbery that, that uh, Trigger was involved in. Uh, they, 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 they stick up the armored car company in 1952 in Boston, make $5 million, which was the biggest robbery at the time, and they say, we can't let these guys start spending money. So they stash it away. Yep. What I got out of it, Charlie, is they stashed it with the mafia. They didn't want I, – I, I never read this anywhere. Yeah. But all the points point to that. They, they For a certain big, vigorous, a certain yep. interest, yep. mafia, you keep the money for five years till the Statue of Liberty – Statue of Liberty – Statue <laughs> of Libertations run out, and then we get the money. And what happened was – a couple of these guys, there's one guy named Spex O'Keefe, he gets into trouble and he says, hey, listen, I need some of that money now. And the mafia, of course, says, no, nah, no, nah, that's not the deal. So they start getting worried that Spex O'Neill is going gonna, is gonna to flip. He's going to start talking to the cops because he's, he's in big trouble. So what they do, and here's how my man Trigger Burke gets, gets uh, involved, they hire Trigger to head up to Boston to, to to kill Spex O'Keefe, and that's that's his his, his thing. So the the story is fascinating. It just uh, it just captivating. You know? And and, and that was the old wars. That was the downfall of of Trigger, right? Because uh, you know here he is a hitman, and as as you describe in, in your book, his his way of of doing it was always you know one right behind the ear, and he chases yep. Spex and. He shoots him a number of times, but I, I guess most of them went in the legs. He didn't die, right? He didn't kill him. No, see, by this time, Krieger is drunk and, and doing a terrible job. Talk about another movie. There was a great movie called, um, oh, and I, I forget the name of it. But anyway, James Galdafini plays a drunken hitman mm -hmm. who botches the job. Well, that's exactly what Trigger Burke did. He chases Spex O'Neill through Dorchester with a shot with a Tommy gun. Wow. And, yeah, you're right. He, he hits him two or three times, 
figures he's dead. So Trigger just walks away, spends a week sightseeing in Boston yeah. <laughs> instead of running back home, you know. And in the meantime, Spex is not dead, fingers Trigger, and Trigger gets uh, gets arrested. That's not his final arrest. That's not what sent him to Sing Sing. But the, every chapter in this book, Charlie, is one more step of this guy getting towards old Sparky, which is, of course, the electric chair. Yeah, Jim Filippi, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Brown Fedora Books, uh, you can find out more information about his books. Uh, and he's got many, many, but, of course, his latest, 40 Steps to Old Sparky. You know what's interesting, Jim? I lived uh, in the Boston area for about 15 years, starting in the mid-'70s. And, you know, living right in the North End, uh, and, you know, my wife is from the North End, and there was there was still talk even then in the mid-'70s about this great Brinks robbery, and people were always speculating that, yeah, you know, so-and-so was involved in it, you know, and Uncle Joey's, uh, you know, his <laughs> brother was, you know, he was, you know, he drove the car, he, you know, he renewed the person, and they hid some of the money here. You know, here's an interesting thing. Um, you know, of that, it was 1.2 million in cash, one and a half million in checks and money orders, but get this. Less than $60,000 was ever recovered. So where wow. is the rest of that money? Yeah, isn't that something? It actually happened in your wife's old stomping grounds. Yes, it, it did. North, North End thing. Yeah. yeah it, re, it reminds me of the Gardner Heist Museum where all those, again in Boston, where all those paintings were uh, taken and never popped up, you know, yeah. never showed up. It's just, just fascinating. Boston, Boston's an interesting town. Full of great stories, as you know, if you lived here for all all those years. Absolutely. Hey, Jim, you're going to stay with me a little bit longer. I want to talk more about some oh. of your other books, and, and and there's so much to talk with you uh, about too. So just stay right where you are, Jim D. Filippi, my guest on Travels with Charlie. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores, with over 40 locations to choose from, makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them, and you should too. Stop in today. Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the Daily Smile. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. My guest, Jim DeFilippi, the author of 40 Steps to Old Sparky. We've got Jeff Weld with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight coming up in just a moment. Uh, here's some blurbs written about Jim. Uh, Jim is a crime novelist and humor writer. His crime novels are all times humorous. His humor writings at times criminal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and favorite description of your work when he was asked one time, whoa, that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim, so great to have you on with me this afternoon. I just I love your uh, your keen sense of humor and certainly, you know, writing about uh, this hitman, actual hitman, Trigger Burke, uh, you know, studying this and finding out more and more and more about him. What did you personally feel about him? Was he a product of his environment? Was he deranged? You know, he's a hitman. I think he had somewhere as, as many as six contract killings and probably more. Yeah. Uh, was he heartless? Did he have any relationships? Was he ever married? Did he ever have relationships? Yeah, that's a lot of good questions there, Charlie. The quick answer is the guy was a complete loner. I mean, he, he just... Had no threat. The only person close to him in his life was his brother Charlie, who got killed. Yeah. And of course, Trigger goes out and kills the killer. Yeah. And then he had another friend named Poochie Walsh, and uh, he, Trigger, Trigger himself got killed and, and killed Poochie. So no, a complete loner. Charlie, before I write any book, whether it's a humor book or a serious book or a crime novel. I always lay out every chapter. You know, I know exactly what's going to happen in every chapter. It comes from my days as a school teacher. I would lay out the book during the school year and then in the summer write it. Well, I wrote out these, the chapters of this book, the different things. All right, he went to war. He was in World War II. He was in the Battle of Monte Cassino. He was a hitman. He did this. He did that. 
And Charlie, I looked at those 40 chapters, and every single one of them brought him closer to his execution. Mm. I mean, he was homeless. He was poor. He wasn't overly bright. Reform schools uh, just embittered him. You know, what really did was World War II. Before he goes into the into World War II, he's a street criminal, but he's no he's he's no killer. He's sticking up liquor stores, yeah. not even using a gun. But he, uh, to get out of reform school, he joins the Army Rangers. Yeah. Uh, but the judge says, you know, you can uh, go fight the war, which he did. And the sad thing is, Charlie, he comes back the army. Taught him how to kill. Yeah. Really made him into a killer. Now, that's not bad mouth in the army, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's been changed, yeah, from a street criminal, a petty criminal, to a a professional killer. You you didn't see any, he didn't have any redeeming factors at all. You know, a lot of times, especially in the movies, you know, you see some of these gangsters and they do have some redeeming factors like they, you know, they, they, they're, they're robbing people, but, you know, they're helping other people out. Uh, He really didn't have a good side, did he? Not at all. There's what the, the last chapter almost sounds like a good side. He gets strapped down, and he again is a man of one, a man of alone. Yeah. He looks out and he sees one of the witnesses, you know, through the glass on the other side, and he actually smiles at him. Yeah. And and Trigger doesn't smile at many people, and he lifts his hand as high as he can because his wrists are strapped. Yeah. And he starts waving at the guy. I thought it was a woman at first, but I, I think it's a guy. And all of a sudden, people are thinking, he does have a friend. And so they interview that witness after after the elect, electrocution, yeah. after Trigger's gone. And the witness says, no, I never met him before in my life. We didn't know each other at all. So even that brief little reach out for human contact ended in nothing. It was just... Just tragedy after tragedy. Yeah, you know, and it just seems like so many of these people that you 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 know you hear about uh, you know in, in these crime uh, stories, uh, you know, with the gangsters, you know, mafia, whatever it may be, uh, you know, like a guy like John Gotti. I mean, they just they loved the fact that the the public adored them, and you know, in some ways, you know, you're a hitman, and uh, you you know. Uh, you know, look at this. Uh, as strange as it may be, you're getting recognized for being a hitman by being executed. And it's like, hey, I'm being executed. Yeah. And, you know, you're waving at everybody. You know, I, I've, yeah. I've always read stories about people uh, before they get executed and what their final meal was. Do you know what his final meal was and, and what he, oh, you know, what he yeah, had? I could, yeah, I could list it for you right here if you want to hear. But yeah, yeah. the other thing about night lighting, liking notoriety the night before he died, he has his lawyer bring in all of the press clippings of his of his career, all of the killings and all of the deaths and yeah. things like that. And so he did have a side of him, kind of like Gotti, that he wanted to be a Teflon. Here it is, here's his final meal. Yeah. A filet mignon steak well done with mashed rosemary potatoes, cream corn, buttered asparagus a lettuce and tomato salad, a Pepsi, a slice of custard pie, topped with butter pecan ice cream, and chocolate candy and coffee. But he only managed to eat part of the steak, and he left the rest. So mm-hmm. he didn't, didn't eat much of it all. I heard you know, he had a few cigars, too, before he went. I was just going to say that. You remember when I used to bring Ernie cigars? <laughs> well, I know you roll your own. You know, so <laughs> I used to. Yeah. Yeah, and he sat down and he smoked a... Six, uh, triggered it out the night of his execution. He smoked six straight cigars, yeah. uh, kind of making up for la- lost time, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, as much as uh, he enjoyed the notoriety, certainly it's, it's a sad story. You can find out more about it. Uh, 40 Steps to Old Sparky. Uh, Jim DeFilippi is the author of that book, as well as many other books. And you can find out on Amazon or Brown Fedora Books. Just uh, head on over there. Um, before we go, I know, you know, we often talked about your time as a school teacher in Winooski, and there was a whole group of you that, that started there and retired together. And I know you used to meet from time to time, and there was an acronym for the group of, uh, of teachers, the retired oh, teachers. Do you remember that? That's right. That, we haven't done that in a while. It was called WART, W-A-R-T, 
the Winooski Association of Retired Teachers. And, uh, yeah, since I moved down here to Salem, we've had a few meetings, but uh, but not that many. And, gee, I hate to end this on a downer note, but uh, one of the reasons we're not meeting anymore is there seem to be one or two empty chairs, Charlie, every yeah. time Wart met, you know. The, yeah. the well, years press on. But I still still get up there and have lunch with Jim Carter, who you remember. Yeah, absolutely. Frank Regan, his yep. wife used to work at your station, yep. and people like that. Uh, Jim Esty. So I still have some connections with people, which yeah, absolutely. is great. Hey, Jim, it's been uh, so great uh, talking with you today, Jim DiFilippi. Uh, I do want to point out one thing. You know, the guy that pulled the lever, and you talk about him in your book, uh, that, you know, the electrician, they referred to him as uh, the 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 uh, ex- executor, uh he actually took his own life in 1990, so maybe there's another story there, Jim. Yeah, it's, it's sad, but he did. He asphyxiated himself in a, in a Plymouth sedan in his garage. So, yeah, I would think oh, he, he, one of them killed something like 140 uh, prisoners, you know, so I guess it just, just eats on you. Mm. Um, no, what what my next book is going to be a biography. I don't want to keep that longer than I'm supposed to. No. But it's going about to be about the foremost uh, war correspondent in American history. And believe it or not, it's a woman. Fantastic. So dangling with that. Yeah, Charlie, All right. it's just been great talking to you. Likewise as well. And again, you can find out more information, Brown Fedora Books, or just uh, go on to Amazon, 40 Steps to Old Sparky. It's a great read. If you're into gangster stuff, you, you'll love it. Jim, wonderful to talk with you. Thanks for joining me here on Travels with Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. It's been a pleasure. All right. We'll talk again soon. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. Jeff Weld will be joining me straight ahead right here on WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.millentravel.com. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. My next guest, Jeff Weld with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. We'll uh, get into that in just a moment. First, got to tell you about Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington, 377 Pine Street. Montreal-style, wood-fired, hand-rolled, Honey-boiled bagels, need I say any more? Delicious sandwiches, their own smoked meats, uh, flavored cream cheeses, unbelievable pastries as well. Bobka, uh, check out the chocolate or cinnamon babka. Now, they've got a new location opening up shortly on, on Shelburne Road, and they're going to be doing pizza in the evening. I can't wait for that to happen. I love their bagels. They're open from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. daily on Pine Street. Stop in and check out what everyone is waiting in line for, those fantastic breakfast and lunch sandwiches. Very, very creative menu. You gotta check it out. MyersBagels.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram. MyersBagelsBTV. And get this. I mean, their, their bagels are so popular. They actually send them around the country and even around the world. And you can get mail order bagels sent to you. If you want a little, if you're outside the area and you want a taste of Burlington, go to their website and you can order bagels. MyersBagels.com, 377 Pine Street in Burlington. All right, next up, the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. And welcome to Jeff Weld. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hey, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You just made me really hungry. <laughs> you got It's a long drive from Rutland, but you know what? It's right. worth it. I'm telling you, it is unbelievable. Yeah, all right, Jeff. <laughs> let's talk about the role that robotics play in recycling, and this is going to be pretty interesting because many people probably don't realize this: the role that robotics is actually playing right now in recycling. Yeah, I, I think it's um, I think it's pretty uh, interesting to a lot of people. Um, we've installed three new robotic systems from Amp Robotics down in our Rutland facility, and you know they're really showing what the next technology is going to be able to help us do 
uh, when it comes to things like quality and capture rates, efficiency, augmenting our workforce. So they're really, uh, really proving themselves out now, and and we're excited. Uh, excited about what that means for Vermont, especially. You know, Jeff, many people think that recycling is a relatively new idea, but Casella has been involved and actually been a leader for decades. In fact, you know, 45 years plus. Yeah, so 1977, uh, we established the first facility here in Vermont. And uh, today, you know, we're doing 40,000 tons of material through that facility in Rutland, um, Vermonters are doing a great job. You know, the national average, we're seeing things like crazy numbers, like 25% contaminated material coming through. Here in Vermont at that relevant facility, we're running about 11% contamination rate, which means Vermonters are doing a great job. They're putting the right material in there. And then, you know, through the help of some advanced technology and, and constant innovation, we're churning out some great product for end markets that are getting put back to a higher and better use. Now, people can actually see some of these robotics at work at uh, casella.com forward slash sustainability. And what's amazing, if you see this, that they are, well, I'll kind of let you describe it, but, uh, you know, how many of these pieces can actually be picked up in a single minute? Pretty pretty high number. And uh, they're actually, they're spotting uh, plastic, right? They're able to determine, you know, if it's a certain type of plastic. Am I correct? Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. Um, basically, what happens is they use the optical identification cameras. Um, the machine is told the type of plastic uh, compound that we're trying to identify. So if you could picture, there's three of them in succession. The first one identifies a couple different plastics. The next one identifies one of the same plastics as the first one, and then another one, and then the final one, um, sort of overlaps it again. So we're making sure that, that that those optical identifiers are looking at things not once but twice, yeah. and they're picking material off at a rate of about 60 to 80 picks per minute, wow. uh, depending on the, the material load. So that in and of itself is really proving to be wildly beneficial to our existing staff because we can run that facility – at a higher rate and not have our employees feel like, you know, they're solely responsible for pulling that material off. It's right. really proven, you know, in a day where, you know, we're, we're seeing struggles to hire people and to keep people. This has really, really improved um, um, that, that environment as well. So it works in conjunction with an actual staff that you have there. And again, it's, you know, the ultimate is it's, it's keeping this stuff out of the landfill, and that's what's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the goal here, to put, put the material back into the marketplace, put it to a higher and better use, keep it out of the landfill. I mean, and you can compare this to, you know, it's pulling off the same material, right, that, that uh, you know, your water bottles, your PET bottles, juice, you know, jugs, uh, containers like that, you know, similar stuff that we're, rehashing again in the Vermont legislature over the bottle bill, which is a 50 year old uh, program, you know, this, this does all that and more, right? So really we look at it as, Hey, this is a redundant system. It's going to cost the consumer less in the long run um, as opposed to um, what things like the bottle bill expansion tries to do is uh, run a redundant system and cost the customer more. So we really look at this as the next advancement in technology how do we recycle more? How do we recycle better? Uh, this is really um, how we get that done. Well, that's the name of the game, and thanks uh, to Casella for doing what they do. You can find out more information online at casella.com forward slash sustainability. Jeff Weld with the Sustainability Spotlight. As always, Jeff, great talking with you, and keep recycling. All right, Charlie, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, stay tuned. Coming up next, we've got a preview of the Vermont Blue Advantage Senior Game straight ahead right here on WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. 
Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. This is when you, we, we wish we had a video camera in the studios here at WDEV. The microphone has come off its stand. And the old joke used to be, well, don't wreck the joint. Wait till next week after the fire. Hey, <laughs> hey bada bing. We need a rim shot. Nice. <laughs> Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. We got that fixed? We do. For now. Man. Well, my, my guest uh, for this segment of the program... Rich Lewis, the Community Outreach Manager with Vermont Blue Advantage. Hey, Charlie. Rich, good to see you again. Great Rich, to see you. Had Rich on the program many, many times before. And uh, Kevin Platt, who is the board president of the uh, the games. Vermont Senior Games. Yes. Yeah. So yes. let the games begin. Good to see you both this afternoon. So great, great to, to see here. you. And, great to be here. And, and keeping up with the tradition of graph, which Rich understands well, you know, it's something I started many, many years ago. Let's All those Morning shows, Charlie. <laughs> Golf it's balls. No donuts. Yeah. No donuts. Oh, ah, we, no sweets. No pies. We, you know, we are here Deck promoting cards senior with games. Vermont senior games on it. Just because we know you're a big deal, Charlie. We, and and <laughs> we need a rim shot here today. <laughs> now, what are the little chips for? Is that for gambling? Well, these... I mean, it's, it's a ball marker. Oh, a ball marker. Well, okay. Golf game. You can tell I'm not a They're golfer. Not a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> but I do play cards. Thank well, you, you so much. You play poker. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Thank Time you. to learn. Time Thank to you learn. so much for coming in today. <laughs> so lots to talk about. Uh, first, let me ask you, Rich, yeah. how many years has Vermont Blue Advantage been involved with the Vermont Senior Games? Vermont Blue Advantage, actually, we're, we're a new entity. So we're a Medicare Advantage plan created by Blue Cross Blue Shield. This is our third year. So Blue Cross has been around a long, long yes. time, as folks know. We are relatively new, but right from the get-go, basically two years ago, uh, Pam Getze, who's our plan president, um, was connected to the Vermont Senior Games. And it is such a natural symbiotic fit for us to promote this wonderful, wonderful organization. I've known about the senior games personally for a long time uh, through my previous experience with the Governor's Council on Physical Fitness from years ago. So I was aware of the games, but we are delighted to continue to serve as the title sponsor. Kevin, you've been with them. We're really grateful to have a title sponsor. Uh, I'll bet you are, yes. Uh, And you've been involved with them for about 10 years now, is that right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. As an athlete, as a volunteer, as a sports coordinator, and now as a board and president. Mm-hmm. So lots of great stories here, and we'd like to invite our listeners, if they want to know more about uh, the Vermont uh, Games, the Senior Games, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Uh, so my understanding is that they're Senior Games. and Right, you have to know what a senior is. Well, right? when did they start calling seniors 55? Well, it's, been, it's been a while since I've been 55, but I, I remember 50, when, that, when that number came in and I went, <laughs> Hey, we're not a senior. You know, you know it, it, I had the, I had the similar reaction, Charlie, because I'm like, wait, fifty. You know, that, that's that's hardly senior. Yeah. But what what I found out, it's ironic, is that we actually in several of the sports, it's it, it's not the fifty to sixty year olds that that dominate. It's the sixty, seventy, eighty year olds yeah. that are we have multiple participants in. So it's really it's actually a case where we'd like more younger seniors. To get involved with us because we're, we're doing really well with the yeah. kind of the older group and they, they hold their own in terms of, you know, signing up and showing sure. up at all the events. And Kevin, have. they compete within their own age group. So you're not going to put a 50 year old up against an 80 year old, right? Right. Correct. It's uh, five year we, uh, increments. We Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. In terms of the awarding of medals right. and placement, yeah. and qualifying for nationals was another thing that Vermont right. uh, does. Which is actually a good thing because when you do five-year increments, um, depending on the number of, and, and of course depending on the sport, but you know, not only it's it's not so much the level of competition, although that does come into play, but it gives kind of more people more opportunities to do well and go on to the national games. So in a way, you know, some of the running events that we partner with, typically, traditionally, you have 10-year groups, you know, 50 to 59, 60 to 69, and so on. By breaking them up into the five-year 
it actually creates more opportunities for folks to, to make that slot. So, Kevin, how many different events, how many different sports are recognized uh, in, in the Vermont, Vermont Senior we, Games? Uh, there's probably 22 of the games that are held nationally. Vermont hosts 14 different games. Uh, throughout the state, I mean, we're not local. We're not shooting. Now, why not days. all? You know, why not? Why not more? Are there some that just uh, aren't as popular here, or weather-wise, it doesn't work it's a out? Combination. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, I think that the fourteen that we have um, settled on, the most, and folks can see on our website what those competitions are. Those are the ones that we have had success with over the years and maintaining. A quality of event to uh, quality competition. Some of them do have a minimum number that we have to hit anyway. Mm-hmm. And and quite often we have folks saying, oh, can we try this sport? Why don't you do, do, do this? Um, we're always happy to consider it in the board, but I think it's really kind of like, does it does it add? Does it enhance sure. folks' opportunity and not just do something for the sake of saying we, we did it? Yeah. Um, and, and folks who go to the website uh, to check out the, the lineup, We'll see that one of the competitions we're doing in conjunction with our colleagues in New Hampshire, um, they kind of cross border, mm-hmm. rather than trying to replicate and create a parallel um, racquetball competition here, the Vermonters can go do what they need to do uh, with our our friends in Great. New Hampshire, and that way they, they compete against other yeah. folks. Yeah, I sure. Mean, yeah, the racquetball community is pretty. Pretty small. Pretty exactly. So, so is, this is an ongoing, it's not like one day. Oh. It, it, it goes on throughout the year, and then you go on to the Nationals. So mm-hmm. let's talk about some of those dates and when the Nationals will happen, and, and where do the Nationals happen as that move sure. around? The Nationals happen every two years. Um, this year it will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, we would probably, we hope to send about 100 Vermont athletes, not we send, but they choose to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not sponsoring them necessarily. We're just providing that avenue to qualify. They have to win here in order to move they on to the to Nationals win. or Some not? sports, it's the top three. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you're a discus thrower, right? Um, you, you might be qualified. Yeah. And same with tennis. But other sports like golf, it's just the, the winner. Yeah. And I'm sport. sure many people are listening and going, oh, it's Vermont Senior Games, so well, they've got golf, uh, you know, maybe some swimming events, and yep. and there's got to be pickleball, uh, <laughs> right? And I'm going to get into that in just a yeah. minute. But I also read, and I don't know, maybe it's just on the Nationals, but there's javelin throwing. Oh, oh that's ha- the ha- I love the hammer throw. For the hammer throw? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Pole vaulting. Pole, Pole vaulting. Yeah. We have the world champion, Vermonter. Yes. For her age group. Is that Flo? Flo. Flo. Go with the Flo. Flo Miler Miler is one of the greatest athletes in this country right now. I've read about her. I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that with fear of contradiction. And and we can give her age. It's okay. She's happy. She's 87, am I correct? Yeah. 87 87 and competing, and she wins all these medals. She'll compete. She's like a decathlete. Yeah, athlete all she, by herself. And she is. I mean, she. It's hard. It's hard to. <laughs> what What I like about Flo is she didn't take up track yeah. until she was sixty years old. Yeah, it, she played tennis. She did some other. When stuff. When you but. see, and and she is the number one advocate for this because even though in, it, I was going to say in spite of the success she has had, but mm-hmm. that really is her her success is her platform because she can say it doesn't matter. Whether you set records and go to worlds and go to all these other things, it's, yeah. it's about she wouldn't do it if she didn't enjoy it. And, yeah. if, and she's created this whole fellowship group, the the other. And she's the first one to say, come on out. I'll help right. you learn how to do this. I'll yeah. show you how I learned. She's got to be a mentor to, to many people that, incredible. that must think, I'm too old. I totally. can't do that. And then Flo comes in and she's 87 years yeah. old and yeah. says, get off your butt. Let's get going. By the way, if you'd like to join us here. It's never too late. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. My guests, uh, Rich Lewis and Kevin Plett with the Vermont uh, Senior Games, the yep. Vermont Blue Senior Blue Advantage Senior Games. <laughs> I like that. Sounds nice. Love to hear from you this afternoon. I was going to say, we'll take that. And we do want to point out there are other sponsors for for us, and we're we're very grateful for that for that support. And um, it's really a wonderful, wonderful organization. The Vermont Senior Games Association is a nationally affiliated group, but it is its own independent. Um, operation, as I mentioned earlier, within the Governor's Council on yeah. Physical Fitness and Sports. Right. Yeah. 
And we all know, certainly, you know, the importance of staying fit, especially, you know, when you consider seniors. We're all seniors in this room here. And, and looking around, we're all in, I would say, relatively good shape. I could always, you know, we could all always lose a few pounds. I certainly could do that. But you can't see it, but we're all in black, which <laughs> yeah, is very slim. We do that exactly. <laughs> Even though it's radio, we know we're black. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, um, I was having a conversation earlier about it, that the, one of the great ironies is that, um, when it comes to senior activity and senior wellness, obviously the, one of the reasons Vermont Blue is, is so supportive of this is this is our point of view too is that, you know, seniors, those uh, who are sort of Medicare eligible, the old days of, you know, our grandparents sort of like it's time to take it easy and go sit on the yeah. on the porch in the rocking chair. It's different. That's not that's not the mindset anymore because yeah. that doesn't serve them well, doesn't serve um, us as a society well. So there is always an opportunity to get out and exercise and take up a new sport. I mean, it sure. really, there is no age limit to doing this. Really. And certainly flow is inspiration oh, uh, to incredible. that as somebody that started in her 60s yes. started doing track. Yeah, and here she is 87 years old and yeah. she's competing in, in many different areas as well, Kevin. Around the world, right. It's incredible. And and, and even, even if you don't reach the level of flow miler, which, you know, most of us will never, the amount of fun and enjoyment and the social, like people who've made, you know, friends through yeah. just going to these events and, you know, there's a friendly competition for some people, but even if you're not competitive, you can make full use of these events and, Try something, try a sport you've never tried. And, you know, it, it, it's always, the, the door is always open. Sure. Speaking of trying different events, you had asked about registration and, yeah. and what's coming up this year. Uh, registrations tend to open right around April 1st, no yep. pool in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, our first events are, are swimming in uh, a 10K in Montpelier. Mm-hmm. Our swimming is in Springfield. All our events so are it's all, all around the state. state. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it makes it easy. Golf, yeah. uh, Sugar Bush or the Bridges for yeah. tennis. Yeah. Or, um, Central Vermont Roadrunners is, is a big, big mm-hmm. partner of ours. And, and again, when you asked before about what sports do we offer, one of the big um, pluses that we have is we have partner organizations that we work with because we couldn't do – we as a board, a volunteer sure. board, couldn't do what we do without these great partnerships. So activities like triathlon yeah, yeah. Is, is one that we yeah. partner Down with. in Middlebury. Yeah. Now, two sports that I do have to talk with you about. Uh, sure. Number one, um, pickleball. Yeah. yeah. Why is that so popular? It seems to be something with with the older generation, with mm-hmm. seniors. Are, mm-hmm. are there younger people playing it? I don't know. But, I, you know, when I, when I talk with uh, people that uh, are at uh, community centers, uh, health centers mm-hmm. and things like that, and they talk about you can't uh, – there's like a sign-up sheet and, and pickleball is always going on. Why did that become so popular? What are your thoughts, Kevin? Well, first of all, pickleball is our most popular sport. I know, yeah. So much far. so that we offer one in August in Colchester for yeah. about 180 people for a weekend tournament. And Barry wanted to host one as well. So in the springtime for the tune-up for the Nationals, yeah. we're gonna ho- they're going to host a, mm-hmm. a pickleball tournament for us and for our players that might want that extra competition before Nationals is in uh, Pittsburgh, like I said, in the middle of July. Why do you think it's become so popular, especially with seniors? Um, it's easy to pick up. Yeah. There's not, mm-hmm. a, not a ton of rules. Um, you but it's still a workout. Space. I mean, you're yeah, not just standing workout. there. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's very social. You know, it's, it's, for, those, for those who haven't played it yet, it's, um, it's, a, it's a smaller space sport, and it's typically played, a lot of seniors played in doubles. Yeah. So if you're on a doubles pickleball court, your area of coverage, it's not, it's not the full tennis court. Where uh, you I have see. to run you know, yes. sideline to sideline, yeah. baseline to net and all that, which can, yeah. can get tougher, yeah. although I don't want to disparage any of our tennis players because we have some in their 70s, 80s, and beyond <laughs> that can cover the court far better than I can. But at least, like, like Kevin was saying, it's easy to pick up, and then the, the uh, space that you're covering, as a player, gotcha. is is contained to a point there that it's not quite as um, yeah. you, you can you can get good at covering your space fairly. Quickly. But it's also very social. Yeah, I exactly. mean, sure. people will come in yeah. 
Well, corn, cornhole is too. social, and I know you guys aren't doing cornhole. As a, it, yeah. you know, and most people go, I can hold a beer in one hand and pitch with the other one. Listen, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of cornhole too in its context. Yeah, right? but I think that you know that's not an Olympic game. I think game. Charlie just found his sport. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could it could be a gateway sport for him into some of the others. I can crack open a beer. Anything you can hold a beer it. to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want to talk quickly? Uh, running out of time here. Yeah, volunteer. I know, you know, any oh, event yeah. uh, that, that, that people put on, it's so important to have volunteers yes. because if you don't have that, the event doesn't happen or it doesn't run smoothly. Right. Oh, How can people get involved? So uh, We have a volunteer uh, piece on our website. Right. You can call. Uh, There's contact information. Contact Vermont, information. VermontSeniorGames.org is the best place to go. Okay. And you can find out and more information as well. Our biggest volunteer issue would be on track and field, which is in the middle of June. Which is one of our first Just because it has so many field events yeah. and the fishers sure. and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll always so welcome always new folks. Yeah. Challenges of COVID. Uh, you guys didn't shut down during COVID, did you? I mean, most number, of your stuff is outside, right? Did. Yeah. Uh, they held no competitions. Yeah. We said, okay, what can we hold outside that yeah. still meets that standard? that the Vermont Health Association yeah. put out. And we did, I think, four sports and had great participation. Athletes were very appreciative that they had something to do. Right. So going forward, you yeah. see that this year is going to be, I would imagine, be a very, very popular year. A lot of Well, given given that last year, 2022, we had our highest best numbers ever. Best numbers yeah. ever. So I think coming back from the pandemic and from from the shutdowns, I think we saw a real resurgence and I expect that to continue into 23. Again, people can find out more information at vermontseniorgames.org. That's probably the best That's place great, to go, Rich. Best place yep. to start. You can find us on you Facebook. You can see registration, well. yep. you can see when events are, where yep. they are. We've just posted our 2023 schedule. Um, we're we're 99% sure that it's going to be what's posted there. There are a couple of there's one date that's still not 100%, but we're hopeful. So All right. That's the best and place. Rich and I will be competing in the cornhole competition. Cornhole, yeah. <laughs> cornhole and <laughs> if there's the beer keg, and pizza, corn, I corn, Cornhole, Corona, and pizza the competition. Keg, the keg shuttle run, I think, is going to be. <laughs> Thank you both uh, for joining me this Glad afternoon. Really Thanks for the draft. Rich, good seeing you. Yeah, Kevin, nice to meet you. Pleasure. All right. Uh, coming up on the next Travels with Charlie, we're going to be back on next Monday. March 6th, and I'm going to be talking with veteran reporter Mike Donahue of the Burlington Free Press, who was with the Burlington Free Press for many, many years. We're going to be talking with him about the solving of the Rita Coran murder, and we're also going to be talking with freshman representative Ashley Bartley from Fairfax. That's all coming up on the next Travels with Charlie next Monday, March 6th, right here on WDEV. Uh, sponsored by Casella Way Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel, Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. My theme song is written and performed by Billy Bratcher. Executive producer is Brad Furlan. Running the board today, Lee Cattell, Brady Fargus. Thank you, guys. I'm Charlie Papillo, and I'll see you in my travels. <laughs>